0: Watch Transform. <laughs> Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show. I'm Paul. I am John. And today it is our halfway through wrap up of
1: Transformers Cybertron. We're halfway through it. And the last time on Transformers Cybertron, the Omega Key or Block Planet Cup was powered up and the Earth Key was revealed and we all lost 22 minutes of our lives. And in this episode, dear listener, you know what's going on. But in the event you are a new dear listener starting on this episode, don't know why, uh, here's what we do. We list all of our least favorites, well, we list our least favorite Autobot, Deceptive Human and episode. It changes series to series, but that's what we're doing for Cybertron. And then we list all of our favorites. So let's start it off, Paul. Who is your least favorite Autobot? I went with the guy that turns into the
0: streetlight. No, I'm. What <laughs> would with, be valid? I went with Backstop if he counts, not Rhinox, because okay. he's the annoying Kung Fu Master character. I can't stand that character most of the time. If, it, if it's somebody like Yoda or Raiden, okay, fine. But th- this guy, no, because he just. Doesn't do a damn thing. All he does is, for some reason, he's worshipped as this, oh, the great master, he taught them all how to fight. Well, he doesn't do anything in the show, though. It's just in flashbacks. And even then, he's not doing anything. He's just standing there.
1: He taught them all how to fight and then told them, don't fight to resolve your problems. Well, yeah. Then, dude, you handed them a gun and then told them not to, whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of, eh, he was a little boring and yeah, a lot of preachiness. Yep. D- did not care for him. So hopefully they leave him on Beast Planet. <laughs> yeah. That'd be nice. Uh, my least favorite was uh one of the core team it was vector prime he had dishonorable mention for me Yeah. okay yeah my problem with him was that he he has the power to do so much and he never does whether he's just saying oh i'm powered down now i cannot i'm do. i don't know why i'm doing david k's megatron but he's kind of got that (laughs) voice um he's like oh i'm too weak to do it or he just doesn't do it nobody asks him but it's like he's Easily the most powerful Transformer, probably more so than Optimus Prime in this series. Yeah. And he's n- rarely utilized.
0: Well, then just all of a sudden, halfway through the thing, he started talking with an accent. And I'm thinking the only reason maybe is because they thought he sounded too much like Beast Wars Rhinox. I mean, same voice actor. But they already had a character. They clearly didn't want to be a Rhinox, even though he was absolutely Rhinox and they didn't want to with him. So the That was my guess for the accent.
1: been. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This goes back to, dear listener, listen to the last episode for my uh, info on uh, Canadian voice acting in cartoons. I wonder if it was this where they're like, look, dude, this is, you're doing too much of a Canadian accent. Change it up. And that's (laughs) what he came up with. Um, Let's go on to the Decepticons, Paul. Who is your least favorite Decepticon? I went with Mudflap
0: because I don't like his stupid... Pole vault cyber key power. Like his his, his arm is three times as long as him. And all he does is use it to pole vault and kick people. And the French accent? Like, again, to what you just said, maybe that's the reason why. It's just to. Well, yeah, if you're going to hide the fact that you're Canadian, speak French, right? That, that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, way, yeah, maybe
1: he's from Quebec. <laughs> he's Quebecois. That's, that's what we've been missing the whole time. Mudflap's not French. He's Quebecois. He's
0: Quebecois. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Especially like, if Landmine raised him, why does he have the French accent? But Oh, so many questions uh, with know. that. I did, did not care for him.
1: Actually, no, I don't have so many questions. I, I have one question. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> And, well, actually, that's my question for most of this series. Um, my least favorite, Paul, I have to put in a caveat here. I'm going to apologize to Mr. David Kaye, because my least favorite was Megatron. Oh. I, I need to point out, we we know, Paul, that David Kaye has listened to at least some of this show. Yep. He could be listening to this episode right now <laughs> maybe it's not likely but it's possible so i like i want to clarify that david k's voice acting in this series has actually been top notch he's oh, yeah. he's done a lot of really great things with some iffy quotes and some decent quotes i remember the one where um i think he's fighting leo breaker slamming him into the planet he's like is it true cats always land on the feet or they just land under mine Good line. That was a delivery. damn good line. But he is written in such a dumb, dumb way. He's ignoring the search for more keys to go fight Optimus. And he's always letting, like, he's just, he comes off as dumb. He berates his troops and then expects them to follow him loyally. And I just, he is poorly written. His actions make little sense. It, because David Kaye is doing a good job with his voice. Oh, actually, here's something I'm going to finish this thought up on. Got me thinking, if I had to rank my top three voice actors for the entire franchise, of course, number one is Peter Cullen. Yeah. Number two for me would be David Kaye, and I would put Frank Welker in third. Really? Yeah. Wow. I respect Frank Welker, like, animated voiceover king. Like, if oh, you've yeah. seen an animated movie, he's in it.
0: Anything uh, with an animal. Frank Welker did that thing's, quote, voice. Yeah, like, like, Pooh in Aladdin is, is Frank Welker. Apparently or, or with that dog. one... Um, yeah, every dog. But apparently with Aladdin... Uh, another voice actor showed up and he
1: had the script in his hand. He's like, I'll just hold this till Frank gets here. Like, it was so obvious he was going to get the part. So respect for Frank Welker industry-wide, but in the franchise... Like, he did voices in G1, and his Megatron is good, but David Kaye created his own Megatron that has lasted. If you talk to a Transformers fan and say, yes, they know exactly who you're talking about, there is no line for Megatron, for, for Frank Welker's Megatron in this franchise. There's nothing I could say that you would go, oh yeah, Frank Welker's Megatron, but there is for David Kay's
0: Or well, even his half of the famous bit of uh, one shall stand and one shall fall. It's just why throw away your life so recklessly. Yeah.
1: So David Kay, absolute respect. Megatron, not so much. Uh, Let's insult some humans now, Paul. Who is your least favorite character and why was it Dr. Dum Dum? (laughs) I have
0: it down for the kids. It's Lori because they all kind of annoy me a bit, but she contributed absolutely nothing in 26 episodes. But yeah, for for adults, I went with all of them except for (laughs) Colonel Franklin and Mr. Stanton, the mechanic. So, uh, yeah, it <laughs> okay, is. Okay, yeah,
1: I'm Mr. Stanton's. He's okay. Lori, I'll give you, yeah, I'll agree with you there that she's she doesn't do nothing. She does complain a fair bit.
0: Yeah. It, it's not that, like, if you picture a number line, she's kind of just like on zero or one or something. She's not negative. She is not she's not a horrible character, but. She did nothing to impress me. So, least favorite. Like like we said, this is least favorite.
1: Mine, not burying the lead, was Dr. Dum Dum. Just, she's an idiot. She's an absolute idiot. The whole hollow earth theory and just everything she did in the episode ice, which we're going to get to in a little bit, there was nothing I liked about her and so many things I disliked. Well, even that
0: hot spring scene, like, that's the creepiest thing we've seen in Transformers since the end of B.O.T. and G1, right? Like, it's just. Wrong.
1: Oh, I'll add one other. It, the creepiest thing I think we've seen in Transformers is in, um, d- not Dark of the Moon. What was the first Marky Mark one? Oh, I can't. I, I drew a blank on that the other day when somebody asked me that. Yeah, I can't remember it either. R- R- Fallen? No, not. Editing John here. The movie Paul and I were thinking of was Age of Extinction. Please don't email us. Whatever it was, the first Marky Mark one, when her his daughter's boyfriend has that laminated card oh, that says the "I'm not card a profile. with the Romeo <laughs> and Juliet liar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh boy. Okay, uh, let's move on from that creepiness and talk about our least favorite episode, Paul. Uh,
0: none of them are terrible by any means, but at least half of them are just meh. Like they don't really move anything along. But I went with Primal, and not because of what it was, but because of what it wasn't if Explain. that makes sense like it was supposed to be the climax of the beast planet arc like the final fight between optimus and scourge like the leader of a planet where everything is like fighting is everything like only the strongest most powerful warrior can lead the planet and it was just way too much talking and not enough fighting it, it like it was over in one punch yeah it was, it's kind of like the the fight with alduin at the end of skyrim right it's so anticlimactic like it's it's no different than a fight with any other dragon right you know
1: i when i played skyrim i i played it through and finished the story once and then every other time i had loaded it up after that it was just like i'm just gonna explore and i like forgot the main storyline right away
0: i did the main thing once i did the civil war once for the imperials once for the Stormcloaks, and that was other than that i just yet yeah, went out and found everything
1: uh, my f- least favorite episode, Paul, was Ice, because I disagree with you that there were no bad episodes. I think this was a bad episode. Everything about <laughs> it was stupid. The kids traveling to Alaska, meeting Dum Dum, her whole Hollow Earth thing. Um, And then she at one point, she's like, oh, I talked to your parents and they're fine with you hanging out here. Like, I'm sorry. Four different parents, two sets of parents, got a call from a complete stranger saying, by the way, your kids are in Alaska. Don't worry. They're with me. Click. By the way, yeah, I bought this one swimsuit swimsuits so she could join me in the fucking
0: hot tub. That's not yeah, creepy at all. Like, she's, oh, my God. Uh.
1: It's all wrong. Okay. All of that was wrong, none of it good, nothing good, all bad. Uh, let's get on to the good stuff, Paul. Who was your favorite Autobot?
0: I went with most of them, uh, but no, I'd have to say Hotshot. I've had oh, a quick okay. one. It feels good to say that again, because I think he was both of our favorite in our Armada. Yep. But uh, just uh, the bit on Velostrom with them, especially, like with him and Red Alert, who I also really liked, where they both have perfectly valid points of view. Like Hotshot thinks, I need to win this race to win that cup, and Red alerts like, no, you just want to win that to show off. That's all you ever do. Like that that was kind of neat. But I kind of think, or at least I hope not, but I'm thinking it's probably gonna be that Hotshot's biggest scene is over. That was it. And now he's just gonna kinda be a cardboard cutout like Override seems to be now. Like, whether it's her actor or the character or both, it just seems bored.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens with Hotshot. And, you know. To be fair, he had like a 15-episode arc. That's a lot of screen time. Yeah, it it felt like it, yeah. No, I think it was about 15 episodes, the whole Velocitron thing. Maybe it doesn't, but it was a lot of screen time for him. So if he gets knocked to the back now, I'm okay with that as long as somebody else gets to shine. Um, But mine was actually Optimus Prime. And while I agree with you that I liked most of them... Didn't like Vector Prime. Did not like any of the Minicons. Um, Optimus, well, Especially Jolt. This Optimus, Jolt really got on my nerves. Oh, lips. what a dork. Um, but this Optimus, he had a few great moments. He had some solid lines, you know, that's, we, you know, you helped us or save our planet. And we're going to help you. That's what we do. There were some really good Optimus moments. And as much as he annoyed me for being like just of a singular thought, or singular, you know, mindset at the beginning, he, by this midpoint, has opened up and acknowledged his short-sightedness at a couple times. And I like seeing Optimus grow. Well, yeah, he's learning. Yes. Like,
0: learning from what didn't seem at the time to be mistakes or missteps. But yeah, he's actually acknowledging. I used to think that, you know, hiding was the only thing we could do. We couldn't let anybody help us. But now I realize if we just let people in, they can help us to achieve what we need to do, especially on these planets where they know more about the way things are done on that planet, like on Velocitron, all they do is race. Well, let's do that. But he's learning when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Yes,
1: as, which he should. It's, it's a good thing. It's a nice arc for him. And it's simple enough that it works in this Silly, goofy story. But let's move on to the bad guys. Who was your favorite Decepticon? Uh, I think this is pretty obvious. I went with Starscream. Yay! We finally
0: agree on something! It's like I said a couple episodes back. He's not just a character again. He's an awesome character. I said he's a really good character. No, he's not good. He is evil. He is... uh, evil up to 11 he's awesome i I really like this star scream one of probably my favorite star screams we've ever had
1: yeah i'm with you there i like he is evil he's got machinations i love his disdain and disregard for humans um and the voice actually beyond that he's got a plan that in the last episode came to fruition i'd like to see where this goes between him and megatron and the voice acting i looked it up guy named michael dobson another canadian um is is really bang on he's he's emoting and he's not just doing a voice he's hitting pitches and he's he's enunciating and exaggerating when he should
0: well even in that there's that one episode where i'm gonna be like a tactful leader whatever he says and then he immediately just channels chris ladder from g1 it's like run away (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. that was kind of cool i mean he he did it with his but he wasn't as cartoony as that you know it's a cartoon but
1: but yeah, I thought it was kind of neat. Mm, I agree. So here's the tough one, Paul. Who is your favorite human? I went
0: with Mr. Stanton, the mechanic, because he doesn't annoy <laughs> me. No, I'm just kidding. It, it started <laughs> I'll give it to you. I I started out as Lori because the boys annoyed me at first, but now she and Kobe annoy me equally. So I'm going to have to say Bud is my favorite so far. Same I here. surprised myself because I like it when we see what he's imagining. Like they're actually playing an eight-year-old kid as an eight-year-old kid. Like it's not... Kind of like Raph, it was in Prime. Not that Raph was a bad character, but it always seems like they make the youngest kid the prodigy that can fix everything and or, or things like that. This is just a regular boy.
1: Yeah. We can, I think we had before, but we'll acknowledge the, the real flaw with Raph was that his buddy wasn't Ratchet. Instead, yeah. it was uh, Bumblebee. I was going to say Hotshot, um, who is oh, Hotshot's Bumblebee, but yeah. um, it, it should have been Ratchet. But this isn't Prime review. This is Cybertron. I agree with you on Bud. And that, my. My notes were just that he doesn't add anything to the advancement of the story, but he's a well-written eight-year-old. He acts like an eight-year-old. I made fun of him in the last episode of, like, he was like, oh, what's going to come through the information black hole or whatever? He's like, it's the cure for all diseases or a brownie recipe. As goofy and silly a line that is, that's, that's got that eight-year-old... It's something Mindset. a kid would say, yeah. Yeah, and I, I've said this before, but I do want to reiterate. I think Bud is written as some level of neurodivergent. He's got a little bit of ADHD or or something, and they they don't make it a point. I'm I'm just a you know I'm reading into. It's stuff. It's like here.
0: you even said in that episode, you're not saying that like it's a bad thing. Oh no, like no, there, I there's think it, nothing it's a wrong great... with the kid being
1: imaginative and creative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it, it makes him it makes him stand out from the other two who. Really just shit on him a fair bit. But yeah, I, I like that we both like Bud, well-written eight-year-old. Now, this is a podcast about Transformers episodes. Paul, what was your favorite episode of the first half of this series? I went <laughs> with Rush.
0: No, no surprise there. I That that was a friggin' awesome episode. Uh, just the animation in it was very well done, like... We finally got some advancement in the Velocitron story. It was a hotshot episode. He was, you know, my favorite so far. Uh, We finally got a little bit more out of Override. And that whole bit that I mentioned where it syncs up with Red Barchetta, if you, if you actually get that to work, dear listener, go back and listen to that episode. I forget what the actual time is. You start the song. But when Override transforms, it's when Getty Lee is saying a brilliant red barchetta from A Better Vanished Time. It, it's just awesome the way it syncs up.
1: Yeah, Rush was uh, got honorable mention for me. It was a solid episode. Everything you said, even, even the music in the episode played really well. They synced that up well uh, in the editing. Um, it progressed. It's a shame that the Velocitron storyline carried on. So much longer after that. Oh, far too long. But Rush was that episode where I thought, oh, wow, this series could actually be good. There could Mm. be some diamonds in the rough here.
0: Well, it it just even, like... The racing, the the animation of that, where when they're, I think it was in Rush, where they're coming around the turn, and where Megatron is so much more massive than the other two, he just skids that much farther. Yeah, it was, it was neat. Like you can tell, they actually, watched yeah, they for f- real racing, or they did something anyway. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was a great episode. Uh, but as I said, it was only an honorable mention. My favorite episode was Collapse. Um, that was the one where the the hill, whatever it was, started to collapse into the mine. It was Autobots doing Autobody stuff yeah and without kid, fighting yes and the kids were incorporated in a way that wasn't annoying and there was one moment where kobe was like hey you know what we could do uh we were like put the hose in and suck the or suck the yeah, water like green what it was. or but, whatever the drink it was he had when he was yeah, kid yeah yeah but it wasn't kobe saying here's how to do it he wasn't explaining tactics to the autobots he was giving them an idea and then they went ahead and did it everything about that episode and that was like two episodes after rush so that got me on a real high where i was like oh Look, maybe I, this is going to two be Two-thirds a... of the last three episodes were yeah. great. No, that was definitely a good episode. Unfortunately, I think those two episodes were the high point of the first half of this series. I hope we get some better <laughs> ones. Well, that's what I was worried is that maybe
0: where Hotshot kind of had his his 15 minutes of fame or 15 episodes of fame, where he's kind of uh, maybe hopefully the whole series doesn't do that for me. I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, they've got all the, where we are now is they've got all the keys. They're all in the lock. I mean, one's a gun in Megatron's hand, but all the keys are out there. And they were talking about how they're going to go back to side. I can't imagine they'll leave the kids behind, but there's a bunch of other humans I'm sure they won't take. Like, is Tim even going to matter? No. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm curious <laughs> as to where they go in the Laurie's second half. Lori's mom's still out in the garden getting tea. To <laughs> yeah. Give the word. I, I horrible just hope.
0: Astronomer husband.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just hope that it doesn't do what Energon did and like that midpoint where, um, you know, they went to the new universe. All of a sudden, nothing made sense and nothing, nothing mattered. Was, yeah, yeah. Nothing mattered. So, uh, anyway. That's, uh, that's our review, dear listener. The next episode, which might matter, is called Critical. And if you want a critical hit, then watch that show on YouTube. But if you want to email the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show, you can email us at transformersnitpickers at gmail.com. Yeah, make sure you rate and review us on your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, whatever you listen to Platinum
0: Blonde with, and tell all your friends, tell everybody, no, remember yeah, know. remember that's the situation.
1: I don't, but it's playing right now, because why the hell not? Uh, you can also <laughs> find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com. And until the next episode, keep on Transformers. See you later.
0: Oh, with a great master, he taught them all how to fight.